You Can't Get to Heaven in a Miniskirt podcast. My name is Jessica. My name is Sarah. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash heaven in a miniskirt. And if you would like to follow us on social media, you can go to Instagram at heaven in a miniskirt. And you're going to find all of Sarah's awesome memes. And on occasion, I'm like, we're not a meme page, but we are now pretty much officially a meme page. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. It's a whole different group of people on there. Yeah. And I hope someday they figure out that we're also a podcast. But I think a lot of people don't think we are and we're just a meme page. And that's okay, too. Yeah, it's fun. So that's it. And this is like Sarah's thing today. She did all the research and I'm going to sit back and relax. So Sarah, what's going on today? So maybe this episode we'll call You Can't Get to Heaven on a Broomstick. Ooh. Today, Ooh. so we last episode, which is the part one in this witchy series. If you haven't listened, we talk about the history of witch trials, witchcraft, a little bit about what's in the Bible. And this episode, we're going to be focusing in on modern day witches. So looking more at the 20th and 21st century. And I primarily researched Wicca. But I wanted to start off by asking you, Jessica, when you think of like Wicca, modern day witchcraft, neo-paganism, what kind of comes to your mind? My answer would have been different a year ago than it is now. Okay. So maybe I'll give you both. So a year ago, it would have been very confusing. I would have just been like, these people are weird. In my opinion, a year ago, I was like, witchcraft isn't real. Like, this isn't a real thing. I really just didn't understand how anyone could claim to be a witch. Because in my mind, a witch is like Harry Potter. Like, we're not casting spells, like physical spells, like, you know, in Harry Potter. So I would have just been like, I straight up do not understand. Now, I still don't really understand. So I'm really excited to get into this. But I understand that it's less about casting these physical spells and more of a connection with the earth and with emotions and with people. And I think casting spells has a different meaning than what I assumed it did. And I think witches are cool. Basically, I I had no idea what it was before and I thought it was stupid. And now I still don't have any idea, but I think it's cool. So yeah, it is so interesting. And I I'll share a lot of resources in these show notes if you're interested. But I started listening to a podcast actually by a witch. And yeah, and it's called Seeking Witchcraft. And they're just like short little tidbits, but it was so helpful in being able to understand the context of this. Because obviously I'm coming in totally naive to what is Wicca. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I feel like they got such a bad rap within Christianity. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to get into some focus on the family and gotquestions.org oh articles later. Oh my God, stop. Spoiler alert. But without further ado, let me get into the religion. So I was thinking we'd sort of do an overview of the religion and the history behind it, some of the key figures, and then we can get into some of the views of Christians on this worldview. When we talk about Wicca, there are so many different traditions within Wicca. So I I do not have enough time to look into the multiple traditions and every single detail. This is a quick overview. So like I said, if you want to know more, there are so many great sources for learning more about Wicca that I will include in the show notes. But basically, Wicca is, like you said, Jessica, it's a very like nature-based pagan belief system where they tend to be duotheistic. Do you know what that means? No, I do not. So where mainstream Wiccans tend to worship the Mother Earth and Father Sky. So they have a god and a goddess. 
And oftentimes Mm -hmm. within their covens or groups of witches, the leadership will be like a high priestess and a high priest. So the balance within certain traditions of needing both the masculine and feminine is very important. And Wiccans, many Wiccans, not all of them practice magic, and but they spell it with a K oftentimes to distinguish from like magicians. And so when do you think that Wicca was founded as a religion? Okay, so Wicca came up in my initial witches research as well. And I believe it was 17th century? Was 20th. It? Oh, so it's way newer than I thought. Way newer, yeah. And I mean, this is kind of the secular view, but a lot of Wiccans would view it as an older religion dating back to the 17th and 16th centuries. And so this was a theory called the witch cult hypothesis that was popularized by a British archaeologist, Margaret Murray, in the early 20th century. And so she proposed that there was like a pagan fertility cult that had to go underground because of the witch trials and that they continued practicing in small groups in worshiping nature using herbalism and doing fertility rituals until the modern day and that they were influential in developing modern day wicca and so this has since been discredited this theory most people don't accept that there was an underground group of people that had perpetuated witch-based religion since the witch trial time. That being said, a lot of the elements of Wicca can be traced back to a lot of pagan religions and a lot of the customs and beliefs they have are older beliefs and older customs that have been used by groups that tend to be very connected with looking at the earth cycles and worshiping nature. So there's a lot of the rituals that would for sure predate the 1950s. But modern day Wicca is more based on the teachings of Gerald Gardner. Have you ever heard of Gerald Gardner? Oh, yes. And so he, oh God, what about him? He, well, he started Wicca, didn't he? He well, he's called like the father of modern day witchcraft. So I will. What I remember though is that he always had like a beautiful woman to be like the head one, the head witch, like the high priestess, the high priestess. And it seemed like a little weird because it was always like a young, beautiful woman. And then when they got too old, he would replace them with another young, beautiful woman. That's all I remember. Okay, that's all you remember. Yeah, just the important stuff. <laughs> so Daryl Gardner was he was born in eighteen eighty four. So when he was younger, he was like from a decently well-to-do family in England, but he had really bad asthma as a child. He didn't really go to school much. And he had like a nurse or like a nanny take him to a warmer climate abroad, hoping that his asthma wouldn't affect him so badly. So he got to travel all over the world. He became somewhat of like a the word for like when someone is they're not trained formally as an anthropologist but he's like he was like a uh, like a hobbyist (laughs) yeah like a hobbyist anthropologist essentially and so he was heavily influenced by different tribes different groups of people and the different weapons and things that were used in ceremonial tribes he was he spent a lot of time in borneo where's that so borneo is an island in asia and so like he spent quite a bit of time there The difference with him is when he was spending time learning about different tribes, a lot of the other European people that were there would tend to just watch people do all the work and they had a superiority complex in a way. That is shocking. Shocking. But no, he got really interested in customs. He he made friends with a lot of the locals and he got really interested in their traditions and their practices and he would join in and do work with them. And so he was influenced by a lot of different people, but it was noted that he was not as racist as his colleagues. And he befriended members of the Dayak indigenous community in Borneo. And he was really fascinated by their use of um, knives, ceremonial knives, like, and their use of sort of magic and their beliefs and the tattoos they had. So he ended up collecting ceremonial knives and... He actually had his findings put in the Royal Museum of Singapore, and he was elected as a fellow to the Royal Anthropological Institute in 1936. And so then he traveled to Egypt, 
And then in like the 1930s, he comes back to the UK. One thing that I found that was funny is that he applied for and received a doctorate of philosophy from uh, an organization called the Meta Collegiate Extension of the National Electronic Institute. And it was <laughs> and it was based in Nevada. And this was known. It's like one of those online universities almost that just gives you PhDs if you pay for like it. Like a diploma mill. Yeah, it was a diploma mill. And so he got it via post. So he started calling himself Dr. Gardner. Oh, um, yeah. 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 And I feel like in the 30s, you could have just like made a random piece of paper because like really no one's like Googling you and seeing if your LinkedIn is legit. (laughs) But anyway, so Gerald Gardner, father of modern witchcraft, he says that he was not the one that founded Wicca, but he became involved with a group that he calls the New Forest Coven. And so there are debate as to if this existed beforehand or if this was a group that he founded. But what he said is that these women a group of women like blindfolded him and like led him somewhere and then when they took off his blindfold they initiated him in with like a they casted a circle and everyone was naked and so Gardner he wrote a book called witchcraft today the meaning of witchcraft and these books have been very fundamental in informing the structure of modern day wicca and it's referred to as Gardnerian Wicca, but most branches of Wicca all go back to him. He is like, like I said, the father of modern day witchcraft. And he also had one of his high priestesses that was named Doreen Valianti, who she had a major role in the development of some of the moral code within Wicca. She was the one that created the Wiccan Reed, which is essentially their golden rule. And have you heard of the Wiccan Reed before? No. So it emphasizes personal responsibility and non-harm. And it basically says, and in it harm none, do what ye will. And so the modern translation of that is, do what you will as long as it harms no one. That is sort of the ethical guide for Wicca. So like, you do you as long as you're not hurting other people. Wow. That's a pretty good moral guide. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. It's And then they also have... When we talk about a lot of the rituals, a lot of the intentions they might set or spells that that certain Wiccans might do, they also follow what they call the threefold law. And this law says that any energy or intent that you put out into the world, whether it's positive or negative, will return to you threefold. So it's like karma. So it's like if you were to cast a spell that you are causing harm for someone else, then that's going to come back to you three times. If you're putting good out into the world, then that's going to come back to you three times. Okay, so it's a very intense version of karma. <laughs> yeah, and so what it but what it's doing is again it's reinforcing that sense of personal responsibility and uh, consequences for your actions. So the threefold law, you'll hear about that a lot, but the main moral code is the Wiccan read. And Wiccans don't have It's not like Islam or Christianity or Judaism where there is like one specific text. There is something that is called the Book of Shadows. And that's essentially a book that can vary from Wiccan to Wiccan where people would write down important spells to them or specific practices that they would like to do. But they have no specific like Bible or religious text. And a lot of Gardnerian teaching is not known to the public because in order to be able to access a lot of the rituals and a lot of the things that they do in terms of practices, you need to be initiated into a coven. And to be initiated typically into a Gardnerian coven, it takes a year and a day. So you're a seeker before that and you're learning, you're sometimes writing papers, you're reading specific books, you're attending ceremonies, and then you will get initiated into the coven and then you'll be officially like a witch. And so Wiccans, in terms of their beliefs, they commonly believe in reincarnation for the afterlife. And in terms of their devotional practices, they they don't have to worship in groups, but most Wiccans tend to be associated with a coven. And mm-hmm. some covens, specifically Gardnerian covens, they will worship in what a way that is called skyclad. That's how they connect with nature. Do you want to know what skyclad is? Or yeah. do you have a guess? Oh, skyclad. Um, naked. Yeah, naked. Oh, look at me. Yeah. Because so... I'm like scantily clad. That's all I can think of. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. interesting. So skyclad. Yeah. So oftentimes they will have specific ceremonies and practices that go along with the wheel of the year. I'm not sure if you've heard of the, have you heard of the pagan wheel of the year? You've probably heard of some of it. Probably. Like, I don't know. Um, 
no, I don't think so. In your deconstruction process, you would have probably looked all this stuff up. I had heard of some of the aspects of certain pagan practices being tied in with Christianity mm. uh, to make it more palatable for converting like entire countries to Christianity, like the Roman emperors that that did that. But I had never gone into specifically a lot of the practices that are associated with the Wiccan holidays. So they have eight main holidays and they oh. center around. So it's the wheel of the year and they center around a story of the goddess and the god. I thought we would start off with like the one that just happened. It's called, it's spelled S-A-M-H-I-N, but it is pronounced Samhain. Okay. This is kind of what would be, so if you were to go to like a store that sells crystals or like know someone that's a little bit witchy, they would probably say like Happy Samhain instead of Halloween. And so this is sort of like where they honor ancestors, the deceased. They think about like bringing down like what we call divination. So like calling on like the god or the goddess to come and embody a priest or a priestess and this is how they welcome the new year so some of the rituals associated this would be like lighting bonfires carving pumpkins setting up altars and so the part of the story so this is the holiday where we're celebrating the cycle of like death and resurrection of life so Samhain it marks the Wiccan New Year and the beginning of winter, and it, it, it's thought to be a time where the veil between the spiritual and the physical world is thin, allowing communication with spirits. The goddess is seen as the crone representing wisdom, while the god is associated with the dying aspect. So I think it's kind of tied in with winter, where like plants, things are dying, leaves are falling. And so in this story, the god dies. The god, Father Sky or whatever, has died in this yearly cycle. And then it'll make sense as we Yeah, because I was like, it. okay. <laughs> and then Yule, which is, have you heard of Yule before? Yeah, because we talked about it in our Christmas episode. Yeah, like the Yule log and like Yuletide. Yeah. And so Yule is typically between December 20th and December 23rd. And this is celebrating winter solstice and this is where so like the god had died but this is the rebirth of the god of the father sky or the sun god okay yeah interesting that like there's that theme in religions where it's like the god dies and then the god is resurrected yeah exactly it's the longest night of the year but Mm -hmm. then after the longest night of the year that's when light starts to increase again so that's where the sun is returning it's being reborn spring is gonna come and you can really make this as, like, there are some Wiccans, actually, that don't even believe in deities, and they're really just more connected to the cycles of the earth. So you can have yeah. this be as symbolic or as literal as you want, tied into just the yearly cycles. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. So then we have Yule, and after Yule comes Imbolc, and this is early February, so February 1st to 2nd, and this is welcoming the first signs of spring. And the purification. That is optimistic. Okay, come on, guys. <laughs> Fucking beginning of February, you come to Canada. It is not maybe the in the UK. Yeah. Maybe in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll give Gerald a, a pass on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so oftentimes there are a lot of like cleansing rituals. People are lighting candles. They're making Bridget crosses. And the, this part of the story is the goddess is seen as a maiden and. The earth is waking up. She, you know, this goddess is growing in her force. She is blooming, essentially. And then we have Ostara in March 20th to 23rd. And this is the celebration of spring equinox. And the funny thing is like Ostara, Easter, like it sounds very similar. Ostara. It does. It does. Ostara so is Easter. This, is this? Yeah, this a, is Easter. And so is this also derived from anything ancient or did? Gerald yep. make this one up. Okay. No, they, these are all derived from ancient. Like ancient. So this one, like, yeah. this has to do with, like, fertility and, like, the balance of day and night. So the day and the night are pretty even at that point. And a lot of the rituals are, you know, you're planting seeds, you're decorating eggs, you're, you might be making offerings to the land. And this is where the goddess and the god are seen as having youthful energy and we're reflecting the rebirth of nature. And then we get to the spicy part, Beltane. Okay. So Beltane is April 30th to May 1st. And this is where the god, goddess and the god are, they are. Getting it um, on. 
getting it on. And so this is often a celebration of fertility and there might be certain uh, rituals that certain Wiccans will do. You know, if someone's been struggling with fertility to try and put energy towards that, um, they'll have bond fasters. They'll they'll, they'll do bond. Wow. Bonfires. They'll do um, hand fasting ceremonies, which is the Wiccan version of weddings. Bond fasters. They'll do things where they leap over fires. And so this is really seen as like, passion and coming together and just celebrating the vitality of the earth because by that point the flowers are out it's spring everyone's feeling great and then we have letha which is june 20th to june 23rd and that is the summer solstice and we're looking at the longest day of the year Mm -hmm. and so some of the rituals associated with this are lighting a sacred fire dancing um, making protective amulets and the god is at the height of his power right here and the goddess is starting to wane as the days grow shorter Okay, yeah. There's like this dichotomy of power. like Yeah, exactly. The feminine, the masculine. And then we have Lunasa, which is celebrated August 1st. And this celebrates the harvest and the sacrifice to God for abundance. So some of the rituals, there'll be feasts and baking bread. And in this one, this is where the God sacrifices himself to ensure abundance of harvest. And then the goddess is seen as like Earth's bounty. And then we have the last one is... Maybon, and this is September 20th to 23rd and this is seen as honoring the second harvest and it's the balance of light and dark and some of the rituals would be harvest fests and giving thanks to the earth's bounty so we might see this as like similar to our thanksgiving and then the god is in the decline and the goddess prepares for the crone stage symbolizing the changing of seasons and the cycle of life so that's kind of that is the wheel and It's interesting because, yeah, like people might look at the pagan wheel and be like, that's weird. But then we even secular people do all the same holidays like society is doing all of this. It's just a little less to do with like gods and goddesses and more to just be like, let's get the family together and bitch about politics. Yeah, exactly. And like Wiccans. So some people call themselves witches and practice with energy and spells, but they are not Wiccans. But all Wiccans are witches. So not all witches are Wiccans, but all Wiccans are witches. Yeah. Okay, got it. Because I was also going to ask that because I do, uh, how many witches really identify as Wiccans? Like, probably quite a few, but. I think quite, quite a few. But there are also people that are just interested in witchcraft that sort of do their own practice. And I think, you know, a lot of the things that we see used in modern day Wicca are pretty popular out in just like general secular society now like a lot of people are interested in like oh like the cycle of the moon crystals tarot cards burning sage yeah that's because the devil has infiltrated society and jesus is going to come back soon and it's just (laughs) yeah and so i mean they'll use like a lot of and a lot of like mindfulness and visualization so even if you look at practices like um manifestation so like manifestation would be like a part of that I also had found some common myths and misconceptions about witches, yes. which I thought would be interesting to share. So the first one was that witches are evil. And so Wicca poses harmful magic and discourages hurting others, like with the threefold rule. And literally, like in their like one moral code, it is like, do what you will, but don't harm others. So they're really concerned about just using white magic, which is an actual <laughs> term. It's not just from... Okay, it's not just from shimmer and shine. <laughs> shimmer and shine, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> white magic and dark magic. So that's actually real. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's actually real. Just from shimmer and shine. And I think a lot of it has to do with... From what I understand, a lot of it has to do with intent. Like, white magic would be used for positive purposes, such as, like, healing providing good in someone's life versus like anything that's negative would be the dark magic. Right. And it's interesting because within Christianity, it's imperative that all witches are evil. That is like, it has to be that way because they're doing magic. And if it's not Jesus, it's evil. And I mean, they would say that about every religion, right? Yeah. But I feel like honestly, even in a secular society, people that I know that have never even set foot in a church, they probably have a negative bias. Yeah, where it's like, it's such a, it's such a peaceful religion. And it's so connected to the earth and mutual respect. And it's, it's wild. That is actually like, such a misconception. But that probably has to do with the Judeo Christian influence on our culture and witch hunts and just the history surrounding it, right? Yes, exactly. So Wicca is an ancient religion. We've already touched on that myth. 
because it has a lot of, it's a modern revival with a lot of ancient influences and ancient belief systems and they are not the first one to be using the pagan calendar so it's reviving a lot of paganism but it is a modern religion right and it's recognized as a religion in like in a lot of different countries another myth is that wiccans witches worship the devil and they do not worship the devil and they don't believe in hell Um, (laughs) so and they definitely like they don't even necessarily believe that there is a devil right but one of the reasons why people assume that uh wiccans worship the devil is because they have the god and the goddess but the god that they worship father sky is like a horned god Mm. sometimes they call him the horned god and sometimes people think that the horns are like comparative of like assuming that it's like a demon or the devil or lucifer or whatever i can see that yeah another one that i remember growing up hearing like oh no like the witches are gonna you know like try and get black cats so they can sacrifice them (laughs) yeah so wiccans are not allowed they're not allowed to sacrifice animals like they respect all living things a lot of them are actually vegetarian and in the podcast i listen to oftentimes in order to make a wand what you'll often do is you'll go to a tree and you'll ask the tree permission to take one of its branches and then because that still has life in it but you have to get the consent of the tree or like whatever you have to be respectful to the tree yeah. to ask to take the branch so like they're not sacrificing animals yeah absolutely um, it's no. I very mean, peaceful to be fair i would never like knowing what i know now about the world people would not be okay with people killing cats but we're good with human sacrifice and christianity at least in the past yeah in the past yeah yeah, yeah. the once and for all anyway yeah, it's you- nice we're, we're not talking about christianity as much today it's nice yeah it's kind of nice um, <laughs> And then there's also like the myth that Wiccans have a dark Bible, but they just use their personalized book of shadows and it's not a universally followed scripture. Yeah, Um, it's funny that the misconceptions are literally just like, why don't you fucking Google it and you'll find out that none of this is true. Yeah. And so then we'll get into um, different types of Wicca. So I had already mentioned Gardnerian Wicca, which was founded by Gerald Gardner hence the name and this one it's a very structured system and it's based on initiation sets of rituals tools and a hierarchy within the coven so it's that deotheistic worship and it has very specific rituals and practices that are handed down through initiation okay we get to alexandrian wicca and so this was founded by alex sanders and his wife maxine sanders i think he was like a contemporary of gerald gardner Mm -hmm. but they had additional influences and they incorporate more ceremonial magic it's less structural and then there is dianic wicca and this is this focuses solely on the worship of the goddess and it emphasizes the divine feminine there are some groups that actually don't even allow men to be part of the coven good as it should be yeah (laughs) Yeah. and there are some groups that don't allow you to be part of the coven if you're not a lesbian so oh my yeah, okay. so Diana Wicca, it was heavily influenced by feminism. And like I said, they are just worshiping the divine feminine. Okay. That's just like a few of the branches, but there are a bunch of different ones. Do you have any thoughts, questions? So like you said, not all witches are Wiccans, but all Wiccans are witches. In terms of your research, and you probably don't have this percentage, but pull it out of your ass. What percentage do you think of witches are wiccans or maybe subscribe to a more structural religion of witchcraft i think it's really hard from because even from my research there is i feel like there's not a lot of data a lot of countries don't include wicca as an option on their census but i think in terms of (laughs) if we're looking at people with an interest in the occult astrology tarot cards i think there would be a or ouija boards like i think there would be a much larger percentage of people that would engage on some level with some of these sort of pagan or occult practices Mm -hmm. i think there'd be a lot of for instance like i i know a yoga teacher who does a lot of like new moon ceremonies but i don't think she's a wiccan yeah and and some people will do these things and not even consider themselves to be a witch 
either. Right. So that's interesting. I do have a friend that does new moon ceremonies and I don't think she considers herself a witch, but she definitely likes witchy stuff. Yeah. And I think witchy stuff is like trendy now. And I mean, I think that the cool part of Wicca, like I feel like a lot of it is like taking back that divine feminine, regardless of if you believe in it or not. It's way more balanced. It's not just patriarchal. It involves like the balance between the masculine and the feminine and it looks at the cycles. It's very connected to the earth. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of those things are appealing to Mm -hmm. our generation because it's not a specific text that it's like, God wrote this text and you need to follow this. And no fun allowed. No fun. Yeah. (laughs) As millennials, we were born into a world that we thought held a lot of promise, but then doesn't. So now we are left to like, reconnect to the earth to find meaning because yeah things all went to shit when we were kids and i I can just see why this is appealing to millennials because you know in relation to like gen x or gen z we had a very specific trajectory as kids where like i said we were born into a world where they're like you can be anything and like the economy's great and like bill clinton's the best and our parents were boomers so they were they had just like lived in this time of amazing abundance yeah, and opportunity. Yeah, bought a house for $6 and, yeah. you know. And so we feel obviously very disillusioned. So I can see why witchy things are really popular because we're disillusioned with the world that we've been given. So we're like, we need to reconnect with this earth. And I think even in terms of like, of deconstruction too, like the Wiccan read fits so well with deconstruction because like it's not giving you a guide or a prescription for like, the details of your sex life or like what you're doing on a Friday night. It's just literally like, do what you're going to do, but don't harm other people. Like, I think that kind of sums up what I would want as a moral code. And in a way, I think it's better than the golden rule because the Mm -hmm. golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. Maybe you don't want to be treated how you want to be treated. Maybe you're like, just Mm -hmm. like, don't hurt them. And even the threefold rule, like if every Christian or if every human literally believed that the good they were putting out there was going to come back to them threefold or that the bad they were putting out there, then they would be punished three times that. Mm -hmm. To me, that makes a lot more sense than eternal damnation for like once in. Um, (laughs) It just like, I think this is just like a system that like, I think a lot of people could get behind because they're like, this makes sense. I want some sort of meaning, some sort of connection. And we've all had that sense of connection to the earth when you're, or the sky, like when you're outside and you're looking at the stars or like, we all want that meaning and connection. I th- I can see why this would be appealing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I can yeah. see why it would be scary for Christians. So as a Christian, I do remember, I think, like, vaguely remember, like, learning about Wicca and vaguely learning that, like, it wasn't this evil thing that you thought it was. And realizing that, oh, well, if I... If I've been lied to about this, what else have I been lied to about? What else should I look into? And well, sometimes that starts the... That gets the, the ball rolling. Yeah, on deconstruction. And it's less prescriptive, right? It's less rigid. It's less... Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they like the rules. It's comfortable to know, like the black and the white. Not everyone... I don't think not everyone needs that structured religion. I certainly don't. But there are people that really... They thrive in a structure and they thrive in a community as long as it doesn't get culty. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. As long as yeah. the coven leaders or the high priests and priestesses aren't taking advantage of people, then... And it's funny because you don't... I don't think I've ever heard of a Wicca scandal before. Unless they're keeping their secrets tight to their chest. I uh... They're human, so I'm sure that there's some... I'm sure every yeah. group has some sort of scandal. But at the end of the day, I can see why it's appealing. I personally... Like, because I was researching this and I was like, if I had learned about this at a different time maybe when I was like 20 I could definitely see myself like being more pulled in but I just I could totally see I have no like I have no interest in organized religion at this point but I did find learning about the spirituality really interesting and like I like the Wiccan read like that's something that I'll definitely want to just like think of as a moral code to follow mm-hmm. now sums up everything like do this no could harm. be your rebuttal to all the Christians in our comments that say atheists have no moral code you could just say, well, Wiccan has, has a moral code. Sure. Better than your fucking moral code. Yeah. <laughs> Which is evangelize at all costs, it seems. And so we have like two more parts. Okay. Um, first, we're going to get into, I have this article and I kind of just like want to read through it. I think you reading through it would be like just funny. Okay. Yeah, here we go. And so this is from Focus on the Family. Oh, no, Sarah. 
Which is like marginally better than gotquestions.org. Is it really? Like, okay, so which one is more like conservative Christian? Because I always thought Focus on the Family was going to be way more conservative. They're both pretty fucking conservative, I would say. But like Focus on the Family, they had one article I read, like this is a total aside, on like, my child is gay. Should I go to their wedding? Like we let them come over for dinner with their same-sex pseudo partner pseudo partner they they didn't actually say that i'm just making fun of i'm making fun of living out like always and (laughs) so and they were like well like it's really like up to you but you really need to think about the implications so then give like a hard and fast answer i have a really low bar though they're they're shitty (laughs) the bar is the lowest so okay we got this um article here from focus on the family called what does god think about witchcraft so it's a long article. Do you want me to just start it out and see how, see at yeah. which point I freak out? Okay. Oh my God. No, there's, and there's so much. Okay. I just got to read this part first. Like okay. I just gave you part of the article and the full article is called the hidden traps of Wicca. But there's one part oh. that says there, the subheading is girl power. And it's like, according to its own myths, Wicca began more than 35,000 years ago within the Earth's very first civilization. In this culture, women ruled. Life was peaceful and prosperous and people worshipped nature and the goddess. Today, Wiccans claim that there is a goddess revival. They say that women are reclaiming their power under male domination for far too long. They call for women to usher in an era of peace by throwing off the shackles of male-dominated and monotheistic religions such as Christianity and follow the goddess again in all her forms. Sounds nice. It's easy to see why this myth has huge feminist appeal. Yes, it is. What's wrong with that? Okay, literally everything (laughs) that you just said is like, oh, that sounds really great. Okay. What does God think about witchcraft? (laughs) Point number one is the spiritual world is real and so is Satan. One thing Wiccans have right is that there's a supernatural world that interacts constantly with the world we see, touch, and smell. Unfortunately, they believe it's okay for humans to interact with spirits and spiritual forces any way we choose. To the contrary, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul writes that the spiritual realm is potentially dangerous. Therefore, we need to treat it the way that God tells us to and be prepared for spiritual battles of good versus evil. Um, Okay, so then it goes to Ephesians 6, verse 12 to 13. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Moving on, many Wiccans say that Wicca is harmless and nature-loving. That is yep. nothing to do with evil, Satanism, and dark forces. But that's exactly what Satan wants them to believe. <laughs> it's Satan. There we go. It's not there us, it so it's Satan. There we go. <laughs> Intent on deceit, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, says Paul. It's not surprising, then, if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Paul says that if they don't turn towards God and repent, their evil will be what their actions deserve. Okay, like, how many fucking times are we going to talk about fucking Paul? And you know what Jesus said? <laughs> Jesus what? said that you'll know a vine by its fruit. And then I think Paul brought in the fruits of the spirit. Um, what is a Christian fruit? The Crusades, yeah. witch mm. trials. Oh, what about the uh, residential schools? Don't forget about Residential those. schools, molestation and, and oppression of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm, yeah, the fruits. The fruits are ripe. Maybe that's <laughs> Satan. Maybe that's of the devil. Just Yeah, saying. no fucking shit. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, should I keep going? Because Okay, so we just talked about the spiritual world and now they're saying we should worship god not his creation they go too far when they're worshiping nature apparently okay i'm kind of like jumping into the next one but it says don't try to contact or control supernatural forces and it's like the bible is very clear that any other form of supernatural contact other than prayer of course is forbidden (laughs) so it's like oh it's okay when you're doing when you're using our brand but we can't use the other brands oh look it says in other words there's no such thing as white magic and then, yeah. then it goes on to say, the Bible says, let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells. Mm-hmm. The funny part of this, though, God, Daddy God, who is saying this right here, literally sacrificed his own son. That was his plan. He broke his own rule. 
Well, remember when Just he saying. told Moses to sacrifice all the little kids, all the little yeah. girls? And, and then, remember when he... And then remember when he told Abraham to sacrifice, sacrifice Isaac? Isaac. Well, but he no, was just joking. It was just a was joke. Just just oh my God. <laughs> can't take a joke. God was just being funny. <laughs> he was just a little jealous and insecure and he just wanted to know. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I take it back. <laughs> oh man. I just like, fuck, I can't with this article, man. And then it says, Jesus is the source of real power. Many Wiccans are critical of the church's view of women. Yeah. They claim that Christianity does not empower women, whereas Wicca does. While it's true that some Christians have distorted God's word and not honored women, the Bible says that men and women are equally important in the eyes of God. Yeah, okay. The Bible says all sorts of shit. Do you follow it? Not really. Because God places such a high value of women as bearers of his image, Christianity honors women in a way that's unique. <laughs> Come on, come on. It's just, it's unique. You don't get it. Yeah, I have firsthand experience that unique honoring and I can fucking tell you it is not equal. No, yeah. Not all Christians. Not all Christians. I'm getting a little fired up here with this focus in on the family. Obviously, there are Christians yeah, okay. that are feminists and egalitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caveat, caveat, caveat. We're not talking Everyone about Everyone who's here, I think, at this point knows that we're not talking about all Christians. We should start each episode with 600 caveats, but people will still come on our Instagram and tell us that we're the worst people in the world. Okay. So next is, we don't need to make up our own rules. In Wicca, each follower is told to do as she wills. Oh, she. Interesting. Their only standard is that no one should do harm. In other words, there is no absolute truth. But this presents several problems. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Okay. Focus on the family. Okay. First, how can one be sure that no harm is being done? Is there any way to know all the consequences of an action? No. And aren't personal feelings a wishy-washy method of determining right and wrong? <sighs> oh, listen, this is great. What if a witch one day feels that incest or murder is the right thing to do? Is there anything to stop him? Yes, because that would be harm. That would be harm. Oh, my God. You don't need a book to know that that's fucking harm. Ugh. Because they want this hard and fast rule. But the Bible is, doesn't even give them a hard and fast rule. No, because Christians use the Bible for good, for harm, to justify all kinds of things. Like, I know. Christians who interpret the Bible wrong, as they said, and did not honor women appropriately. Like, you're talking about your interpretation focus on the family, but, like, everybody else and their dog has their own interpretation. Uh, And also, I'm pretty sure the focus on the family is, like, one of the worst perpetrators of this shit, so... So we got that. Yeah, um, so we have that focus on the family article that we'll put in the show notes if anybody else wants to get infuriated. (laughs) And then I also have... Yeah, gotquestions.org. Oh my god. So I'm gonna just send that to you. It's the the justifications. It's funny, like the things that certain theologians will point out about other groups, but then for their own religion, like if I were to point out like, well, is like bloodshed for forgiveness, like why is that a good thing? But I mean, obviously we have no other reason not to just like commit murder and be horrible people, right? Yeah, we no, have... we need we need the book. Yeah, without the Bible, we're just murderous, pillaging freaks. That's a, and such like a low view of humanity, to be honest. These Christians, I say this, do have a low view of humanity. They think that everyone's a sinner and everyone's dirty and disgusting and horrible and grotesque. So now GodQuestions.org has their Wicca article. Is there a title to it or are they just like, this is what Wicca is? Um, What is Wicca? Is Wicca witchcraft? Is Wicca witchcraft. Okay. Wicca is a belief system that Gerald Gardner cobbled cobbled together in 1940s and 50s from a variety of religious traditions and beliefs as well as Freemason rituals. First, they're accusing, like in the first paragraph... They're accusing and saying, oh, they're worshiping more than one deity because they have the God and the goddess. But Christians worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which to me is... But that's three in one. It's all one person. There's three things and... and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whatever loophole... Apparently it's easily explainable, but not actually. Yeah, it's like body wash, shampoo, and fucking conditioner. It's like three in one shampoo, conditioner, body wash. So... They mentioned the reed, do what ye will, harm ye none. At first blush, the reed seems like complete, uninhibited personal license. You can do whatever you want as long as no one gets hurt. Okay. However, Wiccans are quick to point out that the ripple effect of one's actions can carry far-reaching consequences. They articulate this principle in the threefold law, which says all good that a person does to another returns three. Okay, we talked about that. So Wicca is a religion that 
is about minding your own business and living peaceably with your neighbors and environment. Oh my God. Like, I can't imagine why that would be an issue. <laughs> this is like such a, like such a great criticism. Of I know Wiccan. it's like, it's like Wicked. Like it seems pretty good, but apparently not like, yeah. okay. God questions got a little confused here, but okay. Now they're saying let's evaluate the beliefs in light what God says about them. Okay. We're going to look into the Bible. What does the Bible say? Let's dive in. Wicca spells are idolism. Romans 125 says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Who wants to settle for second best? In Isaiah 40, God paints a picture of how much greater the creator is than his creation. If you are worshiping anything besides the creator, you are not only spinning your wheels, you are guilty of idolatry. Yeah. Wiccan spells bring false hope. You know what brings false hope? What? God. Do you, do you know? No, no, no. <laughs> what? There's only one true hope. What? It's Jesus. Yeah, everyone else and, is wrong and everyone else is Satan. Yeah, and praying to Jesus has gotten us... <sighs> look at us as a society. Look how far we've come. This is great. Wicca is a religion that takes a pack of lies, ties it in a romantic ribbon, and searches out a well-intentioned but lazy, gullible mark to sell its hollow doctrines. Wow. 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 I want to get a shirt that says that. Yeah, you should say that and then just cross out Wicca and put Christianity. I feel like... <laughs> like fuck i feel like they're literally like everything that they're describing in this because it's like wiccan spells brings false hope they bring disillusionment wicca is they're just trying to find gullible people to believe in their religion i'm like you're literally doing this it's like they're looking in a mirror but don't realize that they're looking in a mirror and i guarantee that the wiccans aren't writing that shit about christians because they just mind their own business and live peacefully with those around them and the earth. Like, yeah. How could that um, not be a better thing? <sighs> Wicca witchcraft is a sin and God hates it. Why? Because it's an attempt to cut off our dependence on God and get answers apart from him. Sin isn't just a heinous, socially disagreeable action. Sin is our decision to disagree with God on any topic, to rebel against him. Sin is saying, God, I want to live my life my way. This is the definition of hell, the absence of God presence. That's what our sin wow you know what i have an absence of god in my life my life is not hell and so there's also we're gonna like do a hard pivot right now and there are there are witches that identify as christian witches and there are multiple (laughs) books that you can literally go out there and buy obviously these are not the christians that that are writing these articles on focus on the family and got questions.org um i'm sure that they would say that these humans practicing that are heretics how did this come to be christian witches so basically like there's no one agreed upon way to be a christian witch and i don't think from my research that there are typically like christian witch covens it seems to be something that people are doing like more solitarily but they basically take their traditions of wicca and sort of merge it with christianity i find that interesting the need to do that that's fascinating to me there are kind of like 10 rituals that are shared in the path of a christian witch by adelina st Clair. and so in this book she shares 10 different rituals that help her combine christianity and wicca and she also spends pretty much the first two-thirds of the book talking about how to live with like the tension of these things being seemingly contradictory and then like i feel like her sharing the rituals is how she makes sense of bringing the two traditions together yeah this is like the ultimate cognitive dissonance she would worship like the father the son and the holy spirit so that would be the threefold god and then the threefold goddess that she would worship would be the maiden the mother and the crone from the wheel that we got into earlier talking about the wheel of the wiccan calendar okay she said when i do the sign of the cross kind of like catholics might do she said I began with the male trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as in my tradition. I then touch my heart and my lips and move to my forehead when I whisper the name of the goddess. In my heart is Mary, the mother, the bleeding heart, the one who loved her son with every breath, in strength and simplicity. And my lips is the apostle of the apostles, Mary Magdalene. It was her voice that spread the joy of the resurrection, and it was with her lips that she kissed the feet of our Lord. From there, I lift my thoughts to Sophia, the essence of divine wisdom, the feminine spirit of God that inspires us and lifts us up. For her, the God and the goddess are parallel trinities, and she's deified Mary, mother of 
Jesus and Mary mm-hmm. Magdalene, and then Sophia, which is described in the Proverbs by Solomon as wisdom, like wisdom personified is named Sophia. Okay. And so oftentimes, like, people will say that would be the spirit of God, but I guess that's her kind of feminine counterpart to the Holy Spirit. And she said, one of the reasons why I walked away from traditional Christianity was to find the great goddess. Like my God, she is a woman of many faces. She is Athena, the warrior maiden, Seredwin, the conjurer of magic, Isis, the guardian of life, and the Morrigan destroyer and warlord. She is the warrior woman of the Torah, the matriarchs, the blessed virgin, and the mystic. She is bounty of this earth and the giver and the sustainer of life. She is all around us. How could I cast her aside? She is everywhere. Okay, okay. So, so it's like Christianity, Greek mythology. Yeah, so she's like reconnecting with the divine feminine. And so I guess she also has her own kind of creed. And so I'll just read this creed to kind of sum up the Christian witch experience as said by Adelina St. Clair. Okay. I believe in unity, in diversity. I believe in the holiness of Christ, his mission, and his teachings. I believe in the sacred polarity of the universe manifested to us in the male-female reality. I believe in God as a verb, the process of ever-fulfilling creation. I believe in the quantum quality of life, in the magic of intent and reciprocity, in the power of thought, and in the universal consciousness. I believe in the manifestation of the will. I believe in the sacredness of the earth and its cycles and rhythms. I believe that I am a sacred process in God's creation and a creator in the quantum earth field. I believe in love always above all. I believe that we have a reason to have hope and faith and that we are made to rejoice in the greatness of all things. Blessed be and peace with you always. Like that none of this sounds bad, but I'm so... Who has the fucking time for this? Like this would be... Okay, so you would work your nine to five... And then this would be your five to midnight. May I just point out that some people might say, who has the time for a deconstruction podcast? Uh... <laughs> people can do, I think people can do whatever they want with their time. And like, I have more respect and interest in someone that's like looking at all a diverse slew of different existing traditions and then just like taking what they will and making sense of it and doing what feels right for them as long as they're not hurting other people do you think that a lot of people follow this like this was a book obviously yeah Did you, how many copies do you think she sold well let's look on let's look on amazon i mean she has 402 ratings and it's 4.6 stars wow okay yeah. so at least 402 people have read it and and really liked it right that's so fascinating that's yeah. i think the most fascinating part is that there's a market for this well, I think back to when we met with Emma, who yeah. is the one that's doing the Queer and Catholic Oral History Project. And she mentioned a little bit about people who had combined paganism with oh, yeah. Catholicism. I think this is actually a really typical human thing to do. This happened within Christianity. This is why we celebrate Easter and Christmas, because when the Roman emperor declared that Christianity was now the religion of the state... They adapted some of the traditions and Christianized them to make it an easier transition for people. And I think people naturally do this. Look at our whole fucking society. There's no reason that we like celebrate Christmas and Easter and that we have this very like Christianity centric calendar that we follow. But we like we do it without question. And even if you're not a Christian, it just continues. Right. So I think that I think this is actually a really human thing to do. And I think what I like about this is the flexibility to merge different traditions and to take the pieces of things that you want this goes really in with deconstruction if you think about it mm-hmm. and to us this might seem laughable but like if someone is finding meaning and they're saying like i feel like what was missing in christianity for me was the divine feminine was that peace like i don't believe in god but like whatever people want to do i don't think it's any more or less reasonable than believing in christianity to be honest no but sometimes i just want to talk shit about people sarah i know and sometimes I just want to try and articulate the human experience with non-judgment, Jessica. I guess we have two different goals today. <laughs> yeah, man. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed researching this. I will be totally honest. I enjoyed researching Wicca more than Christian witches. And I didn't really get super through those books because I, I just think Wicca is super yeah. fascinating. And contrary to the views of... <laughs> How did they articulate that again? I got to just get that line up there. Cause... The, the got questions one? Yeah. Oh, God. Let's bring it back. It said, 
Wicca is a religion that takes a pack of lies, ties it in a romantic ribbon, and searches out a well-intentioned but lazy and gullible mark to sell its hollow doctrines. There are so many logical fallacies in that sentence that I just oh can't God. even. But I love that. That's so- yeah. <laughs> that person who wrote that is so fucking mad. You can feel like the seething hatred through the words. Yeah, I know. They're so mad. It's just so self-contradictory, that article, because on one hand, they're like, they're very peaceful and they live in harmony with the environment yeah. and other people. But, but fuck you. <laughs> but they're fucking lazy. Yeah. And they're, they're all stupid and gullible and lazy. Nothing about their doctrine is dangerous like ours. But you know what's lazy? Childlike faith. If you we're, yeah. we're flipping here. I'm I'm being a little less. Yes, charitable let's talk here. shit. Go Childlike yeah. faith is lazy. <laughs> That is being like, don't ask questions. We honor women in our own special way. Yeah, we've seen (laughs) the implications of that bullshit. We honor women. Women are also people. Women are a special class of people. We value them. We just don't give them the same rights. We just think that they're not as good as men. That's all. Yeah. They just shouldn't be in positions of leadership. Equal but different. On that train of thought, I'm going to just read you one comment that came up on Instagram. Oh, no. I was looking at notifications and it came up and I was just like. Yeah, sometimes the notifications we get are just so golden that we text them to each other. I mean, I haven't been on Instagram in a while, but some yeah. of them are so good. But this one here. Okay. What, okay, what post is it? Um, It's your, it's one of your videos. It's screenshotted. Oh, equal but different. Oh, yeah, where I'm like equal but different is stupid, essentially. Okay. Yeah. All right. He said, women leaders get pissy and spiteful and start wars at a higher rate. Patriarchy (laughs) don't lead civilization to its death at half the rate. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) See? Yeah. You know, you can say fucking anything you want on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, matriarchal societies, we do tend to cause more wars. Yes, all the matriarchal societies that are on the earth, all the wars are from that. A hundred You heard it, folks, from Instagram, from our comment section. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This is factual (laughs) information, people. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to circle back now to story time with sarah before we wrap up we didn't do too many rabbit holes i feel like it was it was it was actually quite straightforward yeah but i think wicca just didn't really make me angry it was more like the commentary on wicca actually (laughs) very astute observation i actually quite like this episode i was not angry until we got to the god questions thing you know i'm gonna leave this episode feeling quite peaceful and that normally doesn't happen i usually feel sad so story time with sarah Welcome to Storytime with Sarah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a story from our favorite book, the Bible. So here we are, Proverbs 8. So pick up your sword. What's up? Got it. And I'm going to go, do I dare do the King James? I don't think I'll understand the King James. Do one that, like, I will understand. We'll just stick with the NIV. Okay. Okay. So... This is Wisdom's Call, and so the personification of Wisdom, Sophia. And why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because the Christian witch in her book mentioned that Sophia is like the feminine counterpart in the female trinity. So Sophia was the feminine counterpart to the Holy Spirit. And so this is the part. So does not Sophia call out, does not understanding raise her voice at the highest point Along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright for those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than the choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, Sophia, dwell with the prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign. And rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern, and nobles, all who rule the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold, and what I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness. 
along the path of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there was no watery depth, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizon on the face of the earth, when he established the clouds, fixed securely the fountains of the deep. Blah, blah, blah. She was there. She was there. And she was then, fucking there. She's saying she was fucking there. <laughs> Um, she was there. So then I am constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at me for the doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Okay. I just... Oh, my God. Sarah, the Bible is so fucking boring. Like, thank God you didn't read the King James Version. I think I would have died of boredom. <laughs> that was the NIV. So why did you and choose I, this? this is a good question. So why did I choose Sophia, the character of personified wisdom? Yeah. Because I can see where the Christian witch was going with this. She was his counterpoint part. She was there with God in the beginning. She rejoices in God's presence. Mm. She's... I can see how this spirit of wisdom could be seen as I, I actually when I was younger, I remember reading about wisdom personified as Sophia and asking a pastor when I was a teenager, why is there not another person in the Trinity? Because this seems like a person. And they're like, that's just God's wisdom. We don't need a woman. We don't need a woman. In oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. A little budding. So why did Sarah. I include that? I included that because you know what? I can see where a Christian witch would want to find that and pull out the feminine. Because you know what? I think that whether Christianity or gotquestions.org or Focus on the Family acknowledges it, I think that they could use more feminine traits Mm -hmm. injected into God the Father because, unfortunately, I think God the Father is... A piece of work. I was like, what are you going to say, Sarah? What are you going to (laughs) say? I think God the Father is a piece of work. And I think that he could use, I think maybe he could use a wife. That's fair. Like Mrs. Claus, like Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. Yeah, like Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. I know that's so heteronormative. And and there are actually like some debates within modern strains of Wicca that um, a lot of people that are like, LGBT are like this is too like gender binary-ish and like where do intersex and non-binary people fit in I think that's the question that all of society is asking now and deconstructing and great it's too hyper masculine Christianity could definitely use more feminine more Sophia more Sophia that is it that is all wow so what did you learn today Jessica oh my god my brain is just a pile of mush right now i learned all about wicca which was very interesting and i find it way more like positive and light and happy and gives me better feelings than i imagined it would i think within christianity just like a lot of things that aren't jesus it just gets a bad rap because no one bothers to actually look into it and they're like i'll just listen to what my pastor says about it and if he says it's evil then it's evil and that's fair that's just that is the trap that some people fall into and then i learned okay so we i learned about wicca and then i learned about what, what focus on the family got questions.org thought about wicca which was unsurprising and funny and the, then the Christian witches, which was the weirdest part of the episode. And then I kind of zoned out during story time with Sarah. I'm sorry. I don't really understand poetry. It makes me tired and my brain starts to go. Mm, and then I. Yeah. Zoned. And I mean, it was less riveting, but I just pulled that story out of my ass. No, it was so. good I, because you had mentioned it before. So no, it, was it, ties good, in. it was a good choice. What did you learn during your research, Sarah? Along a similar line, I learned, I feel like the religion of Wicca Mm -hmm. is, I would say I find it personally more appealing than Christianity, though I do not have the desire to rejoin organized religion or any sort of deism. Yes. Or theism or duo theism. Anything with an ism. Any isms. I'm just going (laughs) to, well, I guess agnosticism. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay outside and I'm going to look and I'm going to be like, oh, hey, you're living in peace and not doing harm. That's cool. Yeah. 
I'm good with that. Yeah. But the Wiccan read, I like deconstruction and I like learning about different traditions because, you know, as humans, we can take the pieces that we want that are valuable and we can leave what is less valuable. Like I might take the Sermon on the Mount from Christianity and leave a whole lot of the rest of it. (laughs) I will take the Wiccan read and I will pass on the use of magic. And for whatever reason, I still anything like I feel like Ouija boards would still freak me out, even though I don't believe in any of that. Look, there are parts of Wicca or witchcraft that tie into like the horror movie scenario that I am too scared to even think about. So if you are a witch or a Christian witch or a Wiccan or a neo-pagan practicer. Yeah. Reach out. We are very interested to hear in your point of views. I apologize if I did not accurately portray something. Like, let us know if there's something that we didn't portray properly. Again, this is just a quick overview, and there's a lot to unpack here. A quick overview from a Christian deconstruction view. But also, yeah, like, if we said something that's inaccurate, please let us know. We love DMs, and you can DM us, or you can find our contact form on our website. If you want to know more, in the show notes, there are tons of resources, books, websites, where you can learn from Wiccans and Christian witches about their specific traditions and practices and beliefs. So thank you. Thank you. Have a witchy day. (laughs) Yeah, you can get to heaven on a broomstick. You can, yes. Okay, bye-bye. But there's reincarnation. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.